talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. Uno. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, an angry edition on Anchor.fm and all of your podcast platforms with the one and only and very esteemed John Francis Lawrence Mita. I am Joe O'Donnell. We don't have much of a show format. We're not probably going to talk about anything else other than those woeful Philadelphia Eagles. But here we are, John Mita, with a 3-5-1 football team, still somehow in first place for maybe six more days in the NFC least after getting beat by the Giants coming off of their bye. The Eagles coming off of their bye. They lose 27-17 in the Meadowlands. It was pitiful. It was literally ugly from everything outside of the first play from scrimmage, which was a sack by Derek Barnett. And after that, the game essentially went downhill. There were a few few uh, okay disguise at falling moments, but for the most part, they sucked. Uh, just as we probably come to expect from a bad football team. Again, still in first for the time being. John Mita, I don't need to ask you how you're doing. I know how you're doing. Where would you like to begin, my friend? That is a great question, Joe. Um, where, 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 where should we start? Um, why don't we start with the head football coach mm. of this team right now? And it seems to me the wheels have completely fallen off. Right now, Doug Peterson yep. it looks terrible. Lost. Lost as, a, as a head coach. Some of the answers that I heard in his press conference today were absolutely embarrassing. Uh, he throws Jason Kelsey under the bus. I, I Given, I get it. He had some bad snaps. Really? He had some bad snaps, okay? Bad snaps, and he probably played the worst game of his career. I get it. Never heard Doug call out a player because the question was asked to him about Jalen Hurts. Ruben Frank asked the question to Doug Peterson. He says, listen, can you tell me what's going on with the Jalen Hurts packages? Because sometimes, you know, basically protecting the football is concerned. He goes, well, what are you talking about? When he fumbled the snaps, well, they were low snaps. And then that's when he tore into Kelsey. Um he, he just seems lost. It, uh, talking about play calling and game, ma- and game management, it's absolutely pathetic. Yesterday, he had a third and one. Okay. If, and then he takes it, he wanted to take like a deep shot instead of running the football, which they were doing effectively all day. And then he just gets away from it. There's just certain times it's so bad. And, and, and the one thing that, that I need to stop seeing. It's the forcing of the Jalen Hurts package on us. As you would say, Joe, uncle, stop. I've I've seen enough, okay? He comes in the game, then Carson Wentz becomes the highest decoy receiver in the history of the NFL, okay? That means essentially you're playing 11 on 10 because everyone knows that Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball. He's thrown a couple passes out of that package, but what is – Two, I right. think. But what does the defense do? They load the box. Everyone sees that. You know, you want to get creative with him. You want to – he's going to be like your Taysom Hill, which they do a great job of uh, of 
you know, basically Sean Payne does a, a wonderful job with basically some packages for Taysan Hill. Okay. Yeah, but the difference yeah. is again, like to your point, Johnny Maiden. Thank you, Jefferson. I agree. Um, you know, it just like he's throwing two passes all season. It should be two per game if you want anybody to respect that he might possibly yeah. do that. Or basically put him in the game when Carson Wentz is on the field. Again, I hate that. Right. Because- yeah, people have been saying that a lot today, too. Like, just put in a real receiver. Yeah. Like, when Wentz is lined exactly. up out there, now it's one less option to throw the ball, and now everybody and their brother knows you're exactly. running. And it's just... Well, how come we understand this? This is yeah. what I don't get. These guys make all this money. Yeah. To coach, to manage, position coaches. Doug Peterson wrote that book after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Fearless, and he's making millions of dollars. And literally, the rest of the NFL, all the media pundits around the nation that have actually watched the Eagles, and the local media and the fan base are all pretty much on the same page here that this has not been good enough for nine weeks, and it has gotten no better. Like, the first half, the first, I don't know, um... 24 minutes of the first game is the best Eagles have played all year when they had a 17-0 lead against the Washington football team. And since then, it has literally been a downhill spiral with a couple of like, eh, where they find a way to play a decent quarter. And other than that, this team has not improved in any facet that I can think of other than occasionally getting a couple of young players on the field to give more snaps. And that has been it. And that's really happened out of circumstance yeah. because injuries. He, he was also asked in the press conference, somebody asked him the question, instead of letting Matt Pryor play right guard, why wouldn't you throw Jordan Maliata, Matt Maliata at left tackle and then put Peters back in the right guard? Right. And he was like, well, because I'm not going to do it because Jason settled in over there. Well, you know what? Okay. Settled in. He's been back okay. for a week. He, he's not settled in there. Okay. The bottom line is you brought him in to play right guard when Brandon Brooks went out with an injury. So it's time yeah. to put your best players on the football team. Big mistake. Yes. And you know who you know who's not settled in? Matt Pryor. Terrible. He's been terrible. Apeda. He is. And Sua Opeda. He hasn't settled mm-hmm. in at all. No. Nah. And what's wrong with Nate Herbig? I mean, is there something going on with him? How come he's not playing anymore? He hurt his finger. He hurt his he hurt his finger apparently, okay. and he was on the field and dressed, or uh, on the sidelines and dressed, but didn't play. And Jack Driscoll is back from injury, uh, and he yeah, didn't play. again two other better options than than what they threw out there. This is what I don't understand. Hopefully, they get Isaac Silmalo back at left guard, and then what I would do is I would move Peters to right guard the next week. I don't care what he says. Okay. It, it, it's it, there's got to be some accountability here, okay? And you need to just tell them, listen, Jason, I need you to play right guard for this football team. We gave you your, we you got your sit. bag of money, and if you don't want to play, then you're not going to play at all. I mean, just you got to be a hard ass sometimes. That's what you got to do as a coach, and, and you don't have that anywhere. I thought that was a mistake. I also think the fact that they sprinkled in Alshon Jeffrey. The one receiver that Carson Wentz has developed some chemistry with over the course of the year was was Travis Fulgham. All of a sudden, they had to start Alshon Jeffrey. I don't mind bringing him in, some four-set receiver package, maybe bring him in as that big slot target like that that you would probably run two tight ends in a a four-wide receiver set. 
But again, thought that was a terrible decision. Well, let me ask you this. I found it awfully convenient that Travis Fulgham's worst game since joining the active roster in week four was the game where Alshon came back. Now, I know they had Bradbury on him a lot. He's the Giants' yeah. best corner. But Fulgham was literally invisible for the entire football game. Uh, targeted five times, just the one catch for eight yards. He had a drop or two, which, you know, but maybe by then he was mentally just, you know, it was a rough game for him. So was it Bradbury? Was it the Eagles' lack of creativity? Well, yeah. Or was it yeah. not coincidence that the game Alshon comes back is Fulgham's least well, impactful again, game? And, and, and then you, you want to basically, you know, they had to go for it on that one fourth down or what have you, and then they tried to throw the back shoulder throw to, to Rieger. And he's going against Bradbury. You can't tell me there's a better, right. not a better matchup. Why would you go at their best corner? That's what I don't understand. That's on Wentz. It That's was a bad throw, but I mean, they should have. Bradbury. But again, yes. you know, Jalen Rieger's a 5'11 receiver. You want to throw one of his back shoulder fades? And he's not physical. No, and again, he's yeah. a, like, he's just not, yeah. there's certain. His issue is, has been not coming needs back more from the season. It's exactly. the same thing that happened. The same thing that happened on the high tower interception uh, yeah. in week one, and we've seen high tower not come back for the ball. Rager's doing the same thing. These guys aren't coming back through. Sometimes you come back through the defender, you're going to draw exactly. contact. No doubt. And and that hasn't happened. Let me. I, I got something on the go ahead. No, go I'm sorry it, to please. cut you off here, but I got I got a sequence for you. Okay, late in the third quarter, you're down four. Mm-hmm. All right, Sanders. Rips and why are you down four, Joe? Run. Because they ran the football into the end zone on basically Boston Scott and then eventually Corey Clement with two, you know, rushing touchdown for each of them. But the running game, those chunk running plays. Why didn't you kick the extra point again? All right. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Don't even. They're down four late in the third quarter. Sanders gets a 12-yard run, a roughly 12-yard run. Then they have a pass, which was a throwaway on a scramble. So, all right, so now it's second down and 10. Jalen Hurts comes in for that RPO, loss of one. Then they go with an out pattern at the line of scrimmage for Greg Ward, short game, what, maybe a yard or two, and they punt it away. Like, if that doesn't scream what we've seen from this football team, like insanity, right, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, that is this football team, okay? We've talked about this many times. They get around midfield, and they just can't call a play to save their life. Down seven, five minutes left or whatever it was. The roughing the passer penalty after a positive gain gave the Birds a first down, and they're now, what, around midfield? You're a touchdown from tying the game and taking all the momentum. They did not gain a single yard the rest of that series. And it resulted, as you said, that fourth down play where, you know, they're trying to find Rager against Bradbury. I mean, those two sequences alone are just are just mind boggling. And look, at some point as the head coach and the quarterback factory guy, you got to see your quarterback isn't playing that well. And when he is, it's not for a consistent amount of time. There are drives. Yes, there are sequences. Yes, there are throws where you go, man, Wentz is awesome. I don't expect them to make every throw, okay? I watch enough NFL football to know guys miss throws, guys drop passes, guys miss blocks. That is life. That's the NFL. But the think for one second 
that you, after nine goddamn weeks now, including a bye week, so 10 total weeks, you as a coach, as a coaching staff, they have not figured out that they need to make serious adjustments to improve this football team. They continue to do the same stuff, run the same routes, have no creativity, and get the same result. It is unacceptable. Unacceptable. You're, the floor is yours. I have w- plenty more to get into. No, but I'm sorry. No, man. I'm like, I, you know, I'm in agreement with everything you say, man. I watch these other NFL teams, teams that probably have less talent than we have. And it's and it just looks like easy. every, I mean, it's so hard for this team to score points and it shouldn't be. And it, it just, there's certain times, right? Like you said, with that penalty, right? Okay. Now it's first down. I don't care if you get two yards. It's the typical thing. Their, their patterns are so predictable. And from what I understand is so is their signaling when it comes to, you know, basically audibling in a different place. If he goes kill, kill, then they audible in a run. They, there's just, I just, it's this, this team needs a total offensive transformation. And I know Carson has played terribly, but listen, last year with not a lot of talent, it, I mean, he threw 27 touchdowns and had seven picks and threw for over 4,000 yards. I can't believe that this guy has regressed so much. Oh, then the other story got leaked out, which you didn't hear on the press conference. Apparently, there's a story out that says Carson Wentz has bad practice habits. And then they asked Doug about it. The report came from Mike Silver from the NFL Network. And then he never denies it. But he goes, he doesn't say, no, he doesn't have bad practice habits. He's like, listen, how does someone know that? You guys in the media, you're not in the building. Well, somebody's leaking the damn information. So, and if he does have bad practice yeah. habits, then he, you need to sit his ass down too, if that's what it's like. Well, here, so I, I, in the first quarter, and look, I told you going into the week, uh, into this game on Sunday again, twenty-seven seventeen loss to the hapless Giants. This is the Brother of the Love podcast. On Twitter at Be Love Podcast with John Mead, I'm Joe O'Donnell, and 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 I said to you last week, like I was worried that they get off to a slow start. Doug Peterson's now one and four after a bye week as a head coach. They just, yeah. at some point in the first quarter, I put it into my phone. Did they put pads on at yeah. all during practice? Uh, you know, you're gonna put up 17 that, points after shit. a bye week against an average that, defense. Like they didn't look physical. That first oh. drive that the Giants had, was there a hit? Was there a tackle? Daniel Jones went 34 yards untouched into the end zone and got it looked like guys uh, were playing yeah. dodgeball. I, Flag football. Pick your analogy, Girl Scouts. I don't care. It was embarrassing. Girl. Like, hit somebody. Tackle somebody. Run into Especially somebody. on read options. Like, so, like, this is a good point that somebody brought up. But, like, on read options, right, the quarterback has no longer – the protection. So if he hands it off, you can still smack the hell out of him. You know what I mean? And too many right. times our defensive yeah. ends get sucked in because they're not staying home. They're not playing their oh. game. I mean, Josh Sweat got embarrassed the one time. And then he made an adjustment to it. Yep. And then they handed the ball off to Wayne Gallman. And then he got lit, you know, he lit him up. But well, listen, they had a second touchdown on the same damn play. Yeah, exactly. When it got called back it's, yeah, Sweat got held on that play, too. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's it, – uh, Joe, you know what's so disappointing? The most disappointing thing about this whole entire process is that 
You had two weeks to prepare for a football team that you've already seen yes. once, okay? You saw them once a couple yep. weeks ago. You played like trash. You barely beat Dallas with Danucci at quarterback. And you had two weeks to prepare, and you look like you prepared nothing. You failed the test is what you did. You threw up a fat yeah. D-plus yeah. in that game and, and, yesterday. And, and let's And let's not forget what was at stake, a chance to go up two and a half games in a division where – two of the teams don't even have two and a half wins, you know, like you're talking about a division where seven wins now will officially clinch the NFC East. I've looked at the schedules. Like, I I don't even know if anybody's going to get to seven, but eight's not happening from any team in this division. So right now for me, seven, eight, and one Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to win the division if they can get there. I don't know how they find four wins the rest of the way, hopefully two against the division, but they have to get it figured out immediately uh, and I don't even know if that's a good thing, to be quite honest, because, you know, who wants to see them get their doors blown off in a playoff game? But they had a chance to take the division, change the narrative, get back to 500. People say whatever they want about the division. You're now the clear-cut leader. The ball's in your court over the last handful of weeks. You play even anything resembling decent football, and you win the division and can probably rest players Rest them going into the playoffs. Get yourself a, a bye week that you don't deserve, so to speak. And and they and they they pissed it away. They pissed it away. So I, Johnny, yeah. mean it's a windy day out. Okay, the wind was a factor, and it's going to be a factor because guess what? It's exactly. the goddamn winner. Okay, they ran for yeah. what 150 yards almost, 85 from uh, from Sanders, uh, 60 from Boston Scott. Uh, you know, I don't know if Wentz had any positive. So uh, basically 150 yards and they lost by double digits. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's a, you know, it's a windy day. Why are you trying to throw the ball over the field again? They didn't stop the run. run, I mean, we, we we did a terrible job of stopping the run as well. The Giants had a hundred rush yards at halftime for God's sake. And and nobody, you know, like you said, you know, Doug, I apparently gave him the bye week off. I thought he was bringing some people in the building. Apparently that was yeah, I thought he said that's what I heard too, but apparently they had Wednesday. the whole week off. Well, it definitely should. And I know they look, I know they had virtual meetings. I know sure. the facility was shut down at some yeah. point. You can't keep your eye on guys, but like, listen, you uh, you have to. There, there's no leadership. Joe, there's no leadership if, on and, the d- defensive side of the football. That's another problem. No. You know, guys like None. Fletcher Cox, he's never been no. in your face. Like, when they got scored on by that Daniel Jones 35-yard scramble, another embarrassing run play that they let up, somebody on that defense yeah. should have went up yeah. and down the line and started screaming at everybody, why are we letting this happen again? And Jim Schwartz, I'm going to say it again, yeah. the guy makes no adjustments, doesn't change anything up. Seth Joyner had a he waits. He waits till yeah, half waits time. the halftime, and he still doesn't own. make good adjustments. I can see a call. I, te- I texted you. Yeah, I texted you two drives in, and I said, "Classic Jim Schwartz. Like he's not going to adjust. It's, he's going to wait." How hard is it to adjust in game? For crying out loud, you actually, you actually get more time if the other team, say your offense goes on a, you know, an eight nine minute drive. Like that's almost as long as halftime. Halftime is 13 minutes, and that includes the time running off the field and coming back onto the field. Like you don't have, you don't have anything for time in there, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, a hockey intermission is 18 minutes to clear the ice. 
The NFL gives you less time than that. Like, if you've ever actually clocked an NFL halftime, yeah. like, it is tight as far as time goes. Like so you don't have a lot of time in there. Yeah. 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 And that's like – No, it's – it's, and, and I just – I can't stand – I can't stand the way our defensive backs are coached. They're coached to play the football or play oh. the man and, and not look for the football. You never see them turn their heads. I thought it was a Corey Unlin thing. Apparently, it must be Jim Schwartz's brainchild. That makes me want to throw up. How can you intercept the pass if you're never looking for it? How do you do it? How do you do it? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard uh, heard Lewis Riddick talk about it on Monday Night Football as the analyst. And he, anytime the D-back, you know, doesn't turn around but breaks it up, he lauds that that's how you're supposed to do it because turning around slows you down. You're supposed to run to that receiver and then, you know, get your arm in in that triangle there and try and break up the pass. I, I just – I agree with you. Like, how, if you yeah, don't see the damn thing, how can you react? Slow you down for a bit. That means if you're beat. But, listen, I can understand that if the guy is three to four yards ahead of you. But when you're essentially even right. with the wide receiver or it he pocket, might have yeah. you by a yard or two – most of the time, the ball is literally zipping over these guys' helmets, man. They just turn their head. It's It could be yep. in their lap. I, I just I don't understand that. I, I would love to know from a coaching perspective with the advantages. I, I just I, – I don't get it. I think Jim Schwartz's schemes stink. The other thing Seth Joyner pointed out, he's like, listen, okay, they want to show their pressures. He goes, they shouldn't show their pressures until there's like nine seconds on the play clock. And that yeah, exactly so early. And if you do it late in the clock, it gives the quarterback less time for him to adjust and to be able to audible and get them out of that particular play, which makes complete sense. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. And so much they the, fake the, the nothing. Play, which it, does they're what? not faking anyone. Anyone. Brutal. No. I mean, Brutal. they blitz. With- they blitz Daniel Jones. Listen. Two, two of their two of their wins exactly. have been when they blitzed more than they typically do, and it was the they, Giants and the Cowboys, and they probably the blitzed Nick Mullins a lot. Yeah. I have to pull the numbers. They but did. This team, I hope it was some yeah. young, inexperienced quarterbacks. I mean, I just I can't. And then the sticks defense when they get the prevent when they have, I, I'm done with it. What I don't here's another thing, Joe. When is the last time this team has made a play on special teams like? A, a kick return, it's a punt return for forever. a touchdown, a block punt. Oh, I took – I don't think I sent you the video, okay? But there was a punt. The Giants, one of their punts, they caught it midfield. And Jabril yeah. Peppers made a man miss and got 10, 12 yards, whatever, to give them great field position. And I, I sent it on Twitter, at B-Love Podcast, uh, and I put Jimmy Kemsky on there. And he responded with, like, LOL, look at this flop, okay? And it was it was – me filming off my flat screen and just being like, this is embarrassing. But I couldn't identify the player, unfortunately. But he's the closest guy to the punt returner, Peppers, who's about to catch it. He's got a guy, a blocker, right on his backside. And rather than attempt to make the tackle, he tries to sell the block in the back, and literally he just dives forward. Well, when he starts to dive, the defender isn't even within arm length, uh, an arm length of him. So – there's no selling it to the official. 
Meanwhile, Peppers, who catches the ball, runs straight ahead, makes another guy miss, and ends up, you know, they, the Giants get the ball at, like, the Philadelphia 40. Like, it was – it's soft. Yeah, yeah. You're flopping for calls. soft right now. That is soft. And a lot of players on the, on the defense. It's so soft. And you know what I saw Thursday night? Yeah. Last week? Titans yeah. Colts, a Frank Wright coach football team, yeah. they brought the goddamn yeah. lumber to the stadium. They hit everything that moved. Their running backs finished their runs. I'll tell you the one guy, the one guy, at least on offense, that yeah. I think plays physical oh, yeah. is Miles Sanders. He stiff oh, yeah. arms. He finished. No, I agree. Fulgham, too, the, against the Cowboys, finished with a stiff arm. Like, yeah. some of these younger guys, they want it. I don't see any physicality from Dallas Goddard. No. Yeah. Jack Ertz is in I there. Think, you never get physicality. I think Goddard's. Jalen Rager's not physical. I, I, Hightower's not physical. I mean, Boston yeah. Scott, but he, he's so small, yeah. he has to be because he's not the quickest guy on the planet. Defensively, who, who's physical? A couple of the linebackers, Graham, Graham. maybe. But Cloud, I'll give him that. You know, Jalen Mills coming up. You know, Avante Maddox yeah. might be the softest football player I've ever seen in my life. If I was another team offense, I would throw to Avante yeah, and, Maddox every drive. And Jalen Mills stinks. is clearly he's not never the in good coverage, the other safety and he's position. soft. So. It's brutal. I mean, it's it's so bad, dude. And I don't know it's why. It. Let I, me tell you how bad it is. I, I might not just, even watch next week because I'm so mad. I might just go and just decide to play golf. And I'm really getting to a point where I think they need to fire everyone. And when I say clean house, I mean clean house. Like coaches, scouting department. Um, I mean, Howie, he, he – Medical staff, how he can Medical work the staff. cap, I'm fine with that, but we need a new general manager. I would clean the entire cupboard out and, and just start over. And what I'd also do is, and I hate to say it, I know this division is still up for grabs. It's so crappy. Honest to God, I would tank the rest of the season. I would try to get in the top five. I would then take the linebacker, Micah Parsons from Penn State, and now you have a defensive stalwart captain at the linebacker position that can now run your defense and be your leader for the next 10 years. If I'm, that's what I'm doing, actually. That's what I would do. But before Carson Wentz is completely broken and out of it, because I still think the guy's talented, I, I just, they, they don't have the right coaches in there. Nobody gets in his ass, clearly. I, I, no, no. Was he no. outside of the pocket? He's only one of the most accurate quarterbacks outside. You sack. have to tailor the offense yeah. around your players' strengths. Just like Jalen Rager. He's got speed. He's He can run like Deshaun. If you drafted him like Tyreek Hill, go to Andy Reid's playbook, your former boss. I'm sure he'll give you a couple hints and pointers. And go see how they deploy Tyreek Hill all day long. There's no motion. There's no Nothing. It is the most vanilla offense in the National Football League, and there's a reason why we're only averaging like 18, 20 points a game because it's just brutal. And Doug has too many voices in the year. They got the analytics department up there. I heard that. Well, why'd you go for two? Well, you know, I got analytics, guys. Stop with the analytics in all of sports, okay? There is a place for it, I understand. But wouldn't you rather be down three points as opposed to four points? That decision, I, 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 was just, so, I, I don't get it. It was so They've gone for two-point conversions. And he even got a timeout. Even got a free, even got a free timeout because they, they looked at the Clement touchdown to make and, sure he was in. 
You got a free commercial break yeah. to, to go, you know what? This isn't a good idea. Is anybody telling Doug, you know, hey, coach, I don't know who probably shouldn't do that right now. I mean, he, he's got the all too evil Jiminy Cricket. I don't know who the hell's in his ear, but it, it's bad. And this football team is rock bottom right now. And I, I think, listen, if, if people yeah. realize the schedule of the next five games they have to play, these teams are playing really well. The Browns are six and three. Then you got to play Seattle. Then you got to play Green Bay. Then you got to play Arizona. You got to play New Orleans. That's their next five game stretch. How many football games do you think they're going to win? If they look like anything they look like this week, they're staring 0 and 5 right down the gun barrel. Yeah. And at that point. Yep. No, I know. I, I, I just keep waiting for And I for thought something they would take the bye and, I, I and clean it. some of this I, up. And they I look just even worse. I just, yeah. I know. If there was well, ever that's a, yeah, the other if there was ever that's a the other time thing. To you know, it. Andy was such a gem when he came off a bye. I mean, it was amazing the production. The team always came out strong after a bye. Now, since 2017, okay, once Frank Reich left, okay, Doug hasn't won after the bye. That's not a good sign either. Amazing. I no. I have I've no faith in the head coach, Sean And I have, like I said a I couple no weeks faith. ago, he's got to relinquish the play calling dues. For example, tonight, it'll be interesting. I want people to pay attention tonight. Matt yep. Nagy, you know, yep. off the Andy Reid tree. Yep. He was supposed to be this offensive genius, right? Okay. Well, now he has relinquished his play calling duties. Now it's going to be up to Bill Lazor. And we'll see what happens. If Chicago throws up 28, 30 points tonight, Think we might want to look in our own backyard here. We'll see. But I hear yeah. you. But you know what? Yeah. Get some balls for Matt Nagy. Yeah. You know, to 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 own up. And, and may, you know, I guess you could argue he's he's taking himself out of the fire. But you'd rather listen, that than sit listen, there and as, as the head football coach, you so have we'll so see, many we'll responsibilities. You over exactly you have to eat swallow your pie. pride. Yeah, no, no, he can't. can't And then he gets angry with the reporters and the media. Like, stop with the tough guy act, you know? Like, be. Right. Yeah, he came on WIP this morning. He said, I'm all pissed off with how we played. And and then in his press conference, he didn't seem pissed off at all. You're not fooling anybody, dude. No. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling your opponents. You're not fooling the media. And pretty soon, if it hasn't happened already, you're not fooling the players. And when that happens, yeah. I, I mean, it's I, trade wreck you know, season. I totally agree. Great job by the defense, by the way, after Boston Scott, that long touchdown run, the two-point conversion, two minutes into the second half, you're back in the game. What was it, 90 yeah, seconds yeah, later, the Giants 65 scored. yards in about 45 seconds. It, it, it's it's, oh, it's amazing to me. It was awful. It, it, this football team sucks. I mean, it, it's – they, they were oh no, no they first downs. One bad snaps. Carson was like shocked by it. Like like he didn't know they didn't complete any third down conversions. Yeah. They were what o of eleven? Was it o of eleven? O for nine. I knew it was in the you know uh, that range. Nine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They had one. They actually were technically right. one for ten because of penalty pass interference game of first down. That was it. You know, when, <laughs> on Carson Wentz, yeah, he did nothing to quiet the critics early, right? Uh-huh. High throws, a little out of sync, tripping over. Did he trip over the no, lineman or trip over himself? They never gave a good replay of that. 
fumble, fumbling low snaps. I mean, it was just, it was just like, again, you're sitting there as a fan and you're just hoping that for once this year, they were just going to put it together and it hasn't happened. And now they got to do it against better competition. I mean, expectations, if they're high on any, if, if anybody in Philadelphia right now has high expectations for this football team, they're either high or they've, you know, they got a crystal ball to see some nonsense that we can't see because there's just nothing. There's nothing right now that makes you go, you know what? They're going to turn it around. We thought, oh, get Lane Johnson back, getting uh, Goddard back, getting Sanders back, you know, that that was going to change something. Nothing has changed. They just activated the practice window on Zach Ertz. I'm not even convinced that's going to help. You know, what point do you just go, we have to change something because no matter who the pieces have been, through nine games, it has been inconsistent and infuriating for the majority. Yeah, of the I game. mean, uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I can't. Go ahead. I got. Uh, go ahead. Please I got. Go for it. I got two more issues. I'm sorry. I got two more. Okay. I hate when a coach says this one's on me. Okay. What does that? What does that even mean? Did. Did Doug Peterson take a nap rather than watch more game film? Did he take his wife to dinner instead of working on the game plan? Uh, he got outcoached by a rookie. And Jason Garrett's our freaking offensive coordinator. He stinks. I mean, if it's on you, Doug, then at some point when it's on you and you're not doing your job well enough, it's time to go. So the more times he keeps saying it's on me and I got to do a better job, I know that's coach speak, but I hate it. I, it. It bothers me. You're not out there making the tackles. You're not out there throwing the football. I know you don't want to push your players under the bus, but the more blame you put on yourself at some point, that means that the seat's got to get hot and you got to go. I, they look unprepared. They're undisciplined. What do you tell uh, Laura Oakman at, at, uh, at halftime? The penalties. The opening kickoff for the second half, they took a penalty. Seven first-half penalties. Let's have a penalty on the kickoff to start the second half. The message must really have been sent. Like, it's it's bad. It's bad. Uh, it, you will not win a game without a third-down conversion. You normally won't win a game when you drop passes, have bad snaps, and you lose at the line of scrimmage, which they did all day long. You will normally not win John Mita when you take 11 freaking penalties. And you normally won't win when all 10, all 10 of the Eagles' possessions started from their own 25 or worse. You can't win, John Mead, if you never take the lead. Those are all facts, okay? And that's what the Eagles did yesterday. They were outcoached. They were outclassed. Somehow, they let a golden opportunity to take a stranglehold on this terrible freaking division, and they literally just pooped it away. Like, it was a miserable performance start to finish. I have no faith in the head coach, as I told you earlier. And here's what's even worse. I have no faith in the powers yeah, that be no, I mean, to fire him. At, at this point, I mean, the, the, listen, you just paid a quarterback and, and you're not getting what you need out of him. So you also have to make a decision on that front as well. If Carson's your guy, him and the coach have a disconnect, something not there, I don't know. It's got to be one or the other. And I, I in my honest opinion – I believe that that Wentz needs a new coach, and I need they need they they no the whole we need a whole new staff, you know. I, I mean Jim Schwartz apparently was Howie Rosen's hire, 
Okay, even even when they won the Super Bowl, they still gave up 758 yards to Brady, and they put up a lot of points. So I just <laughs> I, th- I think it's time to clean house, and you know, clean house, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how they finish the season. Do they come back and play hard for them? But you look at that schedule. Like I said, I know this team's not good at drafting. Again, Howie, I'm available. Um, but I, I would just I, I don't know. I mean, I just. This team looks lost. The coaching staff clearly looks lost on all levels, on all levels. And, uh, you know, it's maybe it's time to move on. And listen, I will never forget what Doug Peterson did. You know, I think he's a good, I just, it's just certain things he's not good at. And, and managing on game days, I think it's more and more prevalent now. And I, at first, I didn't think the loss of Frank Reich would be that monumental, but it is clear and obvious. Because I look at the Colts offense, Joe. And they do all types of crazy yeah. things. I mean, they're doing running backs, doing swing. I mean, they're. I mean, it's it's different. Yeah. No, I mean, they handed it's, the I ball mean, to Trey Burton the other day. And and I get it. Look, if you do all this goofy stuff and all this gadget stuff, and it doesn't work, you look silly. But when it's working, it's creative. And I get that. Like, you know, if the Jalen yeah. Hurts package is working all the time, we'd be singing Doug's praises. But it's not. And if it's not, you got to fix it. And if you can't fix it, stop doing it. It's as simple as that, you know. And 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 that's the frustrating part is that. And listen, I'm gonna be very honest. Yeah. I don't care if they play hard the rest of the year. I don't. I don't, because we've seen it before. We've seen them finish the season strong. We've seen right. them rebound in December against bad competition and get it done. And I gave you know I gave right. the players credit last year, the last two years really, when they were down and out, everybody counted them out, and they rallied. And I gave Doug Peterson credit for getting the guys to buy in because they seem to like them. I'm tired of that now. It's not good enough anymore. These slow starts are inexcusable. The three and five records, the five and seven records to start the year, it's inexcusable. You give yourself no wiggle room. One or two injuries, and that five and seven becomes, you know, five and 11, and the season's over. So, you know, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the same song and dance. I'm tired of the fact that for three years now, it's felt like the same thing where Wentz is inconsistent where the talent around him is suspect, where the roster's aging, where the drafting stinks, where the coaching doesn't seem to be good enough, you know, and then they they sneak in or they squeeze by somebody. You know, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching. It's not fun. It hasn't been fun. This team hasn't been fun since they won the Super Bowl. It's, it's you know, they're not a fun team. And I don't know when the last time they played with the lead was. Uh, I mean, it's it's ugly. It's It's ugly. And it's got to start with the guy that's responsible for getting the 53 players ready to go on Sunday. And I'm sorry. He's, he's got to go. I, Whether they rally or not, I don't I care. Mean, he's got to go. And he'll, he'll find another coaching job, I think. <laughs> yeah, good for him. I don't care. Go hold somebody's water bottles. I literally could care less what happens to Peterson. Uh, I'm with it. Seriously. I, I can't stand him. I'm done. I'm done, John Mita. I'm done with this regime. You know, it's, again, they could play hard, and that's great, but I, I've seen it before. I've seen this story before. And, you know, it's just been embarrassing. couple stats of the day for you. Anything else you want to add? I know we just, like, stream of conscience, we just ran it there for 35 minutes. It felt it felt okay. Yeah, man, give None me a stat of the day. Sure. But it felt okay. You ready? Okay. All right, I got two of them. One for my guy, Rube. Rube and Frank. Rube NBCS on Twitter. 
Uh, Miles Sanders rushing last three games, 11 for 80 against the Steelers, 9 for 118 against the Ravens, 15 for 85 against the Giants. He becomes the first NFL running back, this Miles Sanders, in a decade, and the second in just the last 35 years with three straight games of 80-plus yards on 15 or fewer carries. Second running back in 35 years to have 80 plus yards in three straight games. What what does that tell? What should that tell the head coach? It's unbelievable. Hello. Thank you. Run the ball. Seven of the Eagles' last 12 wins over the last two years. This comes from Jimmy Kemsky. Seven of the Eagles' 12 wins the last two years that come against QBs who aren't NFL starters. Those seven quarterbacks are Case Keenum. Luke Falk, Mitchell Trubisky, Eli Manning, Dwayne Haskins, Nick Mullins, and Ben DiNucci. So basically the last two years, wow. you've beaten five not... current NFL stars. Yeah, that makes me want to throw up. Did you talk about another you stat that you said? I don't know if we talked about it. We have 38 total yards on screen passes this year. Yeah, so that's <laughs> – yeah. So uh, Shield Kapaya, I guess uh, – in an interview on WIP mentioned that and, and Marks and Reese kind of glossed over it because they were, you know, Ike's freaking out that they had, they didn't throw a screen pass at all yesterday and, and whatever's going on. Like the thing yeah. that frustrates me most about Miles Sanders is this whole pass catching thing. I guess, uh, you know, he graded out terribly yeah. in obviously pass catching like two drops and like one catch on four targets yesterday. That's obviously not good. And his pass blocking yesterday graded out awful as well. Um, but the fact that they don't get Miles Sanders more involved, like, is that just practice? Is that what, why, why can't he catch the ball more efficiently is a big issue with this team right now, because I watch the saints throw at the Camara all the time out of the backfield. I, I mean, it's like pitch and catch. It's like stealing, you know, it's, it's a guaranteed six yards. And, and I feel like Miles Sanders has that elusive ability. So just give him the goddamn football more often. But they don't do it. Uh, but, yeah, 38 screen yards on the season for the Eagles, if I heard that stat right earlier today on 94 WIP. I'll leave you with this, John Mita, because he's your boy. All right? This is John Mita's boy. His full name is Sidney Jones IV. Sidney Jones is a fourth. Uh, but we'll call him Sidney John Mita's uh, boy Jones. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, the ninth highest coverage grade by Pro Football Focus. He's had seven pass breakups. No Eagles quarterback has more than three. He has two interceptions. No Eagles quarterback has one interception. And he's allowing a catch on 48% of his targets. They're and, not and, and Rasul Douglas is starting in Carolina and, and looking somewhat decent. This is... Yeah. Yeah. And I know I told you Sidney Jones stunk and I was done with him. But I will say this: yeah, Sidney Jones' last play. game with the Eagles yeah. was really that yeah. Dallas I think game. He did, he, and he although yesterday he did get he burned for the game. a long time. <laughs> but yeah, no, of course. But the fact that he's in the top ten—well, that—that like happen. that's alarming. That means that position coaches aren't doing their job yeah. either. Fire yeah. everyone! That's it. It's going to be my new yeah. T-shirt. I'm yeah. going to get T-shirts made up. Fire everyone! <laughs> oh my god. Can you put 100%. the Phillies logo and the Eagles yes. logo on it? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Jackpot. Get the great. podcast. We're selling swag. 
Always. Uh, prediction on right, Cleveland? Brother, nah, nice no one cares. Thanks for making <laughs> time today. No, I, I just, you know, I mean. Hopefully wow. Drew yeah, Brees is still get... half dead by the time the Eagles play the Saints. Yeah. He's got a punctured lung and a bunch yeah, of cracked ribs, it. so I don't we'll see say. him playing football anytime soon. He's like 100 years old. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. He wasn't worth a, as, uh, you know, a first-round draft. Was he? That oh. catch he made yesterday? Are you kidding me? Between triple oh. coverage, the guy comes down with it. It was incredible. I mean, I, they must have asked for Miles Sanders. That's that'd be the only reason incredible. why you would not trade for him. But anyway. I, I'll tell you what, I think I would have too because I, st- um, I think I would have made the trade. I know, but a top flight, a top three wide and receiver in the all the league. You can find a running match back that off up the street. with I mean, that's a guy that can make plays yeah. at any point. Like can make her quarterback look good because he's just that damn yes. good. You know what I mean? All right, well, enjoy watching Justin Jefferson tonight on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah, I forgot. While Jalen Rager goes four for 47, four catches, 47 yards. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully. Uh, All right, brother. Uh, Birds, birds, uh, birds, 31, birds, 31, Browns, 21. That's my prediction. (laughs) Now I'm going to go drink bleach. No, no, but half the country will. (laughs) Don't do that at home, kid. Anyway, don't do that at home. All right, buddy. You got it. Go birds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, Good big trade. You, CP3 Go birds, real quick. I guess. CP3 they gets dealt to the Suns, so Chris Paul will not be here. It'll be interesting with to see what the Sixers do, and also another national news. Just want to give people an update. It looks like the NCAA basketball tournament. They are making plans to have a giant bubble in the state of Indianapolis, where the whole tournament will be played. So, yeah, you got it. No doubt. Beauty. I'll see you out there. We'll sit in the parking lot. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. That was about a 50-minute rant or so on the Philadelphia Eagles and how much they stink. Hope you enjoyed it at Twitter or on Twitter at Pod.